I want to start tonight with a joke. It was told to me by a parishioner, a man, his mother-in-law came to visit, and she was distressed because it had just occurred to her that she did not have enough money for her funeral. So she was telling her son-in-law about her distress, and he said to her mom, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Consider it your Christmas present. Well, another year went by, and it was Christmas time once again. It came time to exchange gifts, and the son-in-law handed his mother-in-law a card. And she looked at it, surprised. She said, where's my gift? And he said, why bother? You didn't use the one I gave you last year. <laughs> I've had so much fun telling that one. I hope you enjoy sharing it with others. I'm not sure what that has to do with the homily, quite honestly, um, except that perhaps sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. But familiarity also is the foundation for transformation. And it is when we are known, when we allow ourselves to be known, that we begin to open ourselves up to being made new. And that does have to do with the homily tonight. You see, as we heard in all of our scripture lessons, both the First Testament and the letter to the Hebrews, as well as the Gospel, the God of Judeo-Christian faith is a relational God. He is in relationship with people. We heard it in our lesson, even our Gospel lesson today. Here Joseph becomes aware that this woman to whom he's betrothed is pregnant, and he considers dismissing her quietly in essence, to save her life. But it is in a dream that he hears God direct him to take her as his wife, and it is in the security of that relationship that Joseph feels willing to heed and obey that command. We are people of relationship. God has made us to be people of relationship, and God, God's self, has been in relationship with us and longs to be in relationship with us. A few summers ago, when we lived in Pennsylvania, it was a beautiful summer day, and we headed up to my sister and brother-in-law's house just an hour and 10 minutes door to door, just to spend the Saturday with them. I had a little bit of work to do, and knowing that I did not want us to hurry back in order to be home with some reasonable time for me to prepare for Sunday, I took my laptop with me. I thought it would only take me about 45 minutes to complete what it was I needed to finish. So we arrived at my sister and brother-in-law's house, and they were just finishing up a tag sale, one where they'd invited their friends to come and donate a few items if they wanted to, just to make it worth people stopping by, and the tag sale was over. It was to the point now where people were trying to give each other their stuff. One thing that was a part of this tag sale were pints of blueberries. My brother-in-law loves to go to the produce auction there in Lancaster County, the fruits of the Amish and the Mennonite farmers. <coughs> if you know anything about gardening, you know that harvest comes in when harvest comes in. It doesn't matter if you don't need all of it right then. That's when it comes. And so my brother-in-law loves to go to the produce auction and bid maybe on bushels of tomatoes or 
hum, uh, you know, 10 huge bags of corn or a million different peonies. And he's around restaurateurs and people with little shops that also want to sell those very things in their farmer's stand or, and serve at their restaurant. And on this particular day, he had bid on blueberries. So we had about 25 pints of blueberries, and some of them had indeed sold at the tag sale, but now there were a lot left over. And as people finished putting things in their car that nobody really wanted, they pulled up a chair and kind of organized themselves, if you will, around the lawn in their various lawn chairs and poured something to drink and ate blueberries. It was about 1 o'clock when we realized that nobody had really had lunch. And so my brother-in-law said, well, I'll start up the smoker, and we got out some brats and put them on there. And some other people said, oh, I've got some chicken, and I have some steaks. And before we knew it, we weren't going to let that smoker go to waste. So it just got stocked full of all kinds of meats, and people stood around waiting for lunch to finish. I thought, oh, this would be a good chance. Got about 45 minutes or so before we eat. So I went inside, and I opened up my laptop. And as I looked at what was before me, it echoed with hollowness. And I had an existential moment. I thought, what am I doing? I looked out the window. My sister was coming in to put some ice in her glass. And I said to her, as I pointed outside, is this really all there is? And she followed where I was pointing and looking out at her friends and family. She said, yeah, this is all there is. In that moment, I realized the power of relationship, how we are created for that, how we hunger for it, how it is what relationship is what gives our life substance, what makes our days valuable. And it is in relationship that God comes to us. This God of our faith is not some distant figure way up in the sky that has set everything in motion and sits back now and lets it all play out. No, our God is a God of relationship. Our God is not one who keeps a score sheet and makes a tally mark for each time we do something wrong. Nor is our God one who says, you know what, c'est la vie, it's all good. No, our God is a God of relationship. Our God is not some spirit that moves through all creation just as it will. No, our God is a God of relationship. And we know that particularly in this story of Jesus. God wanted to be with God's people, as we remember in the creation story, as God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve until they hid themselves. God called a people together in the Hebrew people and cajoled them and encouraged them and expressed frustration and sheer delight all through the First Testament. We hear it in the prophet's words. And then God came among us as a child an infant, something that draws us into relationship. We are reminded of that on this holy night, that God longs to be in relationship with us and makes God's self available to be in relationship with us so that we might know Emmanuel, God with us, one who knows our burdens, our sorrows, our griefs, one who knows our joys, our hopes, and our fears. This God, Emmanuel, has come to be with each of us and invites us into relationship with him so that we might know what it means to be freed and to be saved and to be redeemed. Amen. <laughs>